Let me read for us verses 45 and 46 of Matthew chapter number 27. Jesus here at this moment is already on the cross. And it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli. Lama Sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, leading up to this moment that we just read, Jesus has been betrayed. He's been put on trial. He's been falsely accused. He's been mocked and beaten. And finally, nailed to a cross where he hangs between two thieves. And then at the peak of daylight, this is noon. That is the sixth hour, so the Jewish time would start at 6 a.m. So when the sun is at its brightest point, its highest peak, the sky goes dark. And it stays dark for three hours. From noon to 3 p.m., the sun does not give its light. There's no light of the moon or the stars that we're used to when the evening rolls around. It's in the middle of the day and the sun just stops giving its light. Maybe you can Picture the scene a little bit. I think it would probably be a bit chaotic. People panicking a little, scrambling to find loved ones, soldiers looking for torches or something to to light their way. And this darkness continues for those three hours as Jesus hangs on the cross. But thankfully, the darkness does end and the light once again begins to shine. These are words that are not recorded by accident. Some have tried to explain this away by saying, well, this was an eclipse, but I've seen eclipses before, or at least partial eclipses. They don't last three hours. Nor was this the time of, uh, of the season when an eclipse would happen. This was a supernatural darkness. Something was happening in these three hours that Jesus hangs on the cross in darkness that was very significant. And when we understand what was happening I think we'll realize that the darkness of the cross was the worst of Jesus' sufferings. So I just have three points for us here this evening to to consider that. The darkness of the cross was the worst of Jesus' suffering. Number one, in that time on the cross, Jesus was alone. As he hung on that cross, he was alone in his suffering. Sure, there were thieves there hanging with him. But they didn't bear the same suffering that he bore. Yes, Mary 
his mother and others were there with him, but they didn't fully grasp all that was happening, as we'll get into. There were soldiers there, and the crowd was there, but they all stood against him, opposed to him. You and I know that you can be around people and yet feel very alone. Jesus was alone, and when the darkness came on suddenly at noon, you can imagine in some ways it got much lonelier. No longer was there the image of his loving mother and friends or the two thieves that hung beside him. It does make you wonder what was happening in those three hours. As I mentioned, I can imagine quite a bit of panic and maybe even the focus of people being crucified for a time faded to the back of it as people were figuring out what is going on. What has already been a chaotic 24 hours has now become frighteningly weird. Unexpected darkness makes us uneasy, uncomfortable. And here Jesus hangs alone in the dark. And it's not just the feeling of being separated from people. Jesus is being separated from his Father. Now some of you may be able to identify with feelings of being alone in your life. It may seem like everyone is focused on other things around you and you just feel alone. Does anybody care about me? Where are my friends? Life for you, even in this moment, may feel a bit dark. Life in the darkness is a lonely place. It doesn't matter if you're an extrovert or an introvert. Loneliness is hard, and we, we try to feel, fill that void with all sorts of things. Distract ourselves with entertainment, social media, sports, hobbies, and even relationships. And we think about relationships, it might seem like relationships are the answer to loneliness. To some point, to some degree, they, they are. But our, 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 our earthly relationships only go so far. But they're always going to fall short because people are going to disappoint us. People are going to die off. And as important as earthly relationships are, they can't satisfy our feeling of aloneness. We need a relationship with someone that is going to be with us always. And maybe this is why Jesus tells his disciples at the end of Matthew's gospel, Matthew 28, he says, what are his last words that Matthew records? I am with you always to the end of the age. The path of the cross was a lonely path for Jesus to walk. But he walked it so that when he came out on the other end, he can make the promise to be with us always. And with him, we are never alone. And Jesus hung alone in darkness for you and for me. Now, as difficult as we, we can think about being alone might be, that feeling of a loneliness, it can get worse. In those three hours in dar of darkness, Jesus is not only alone, but he's also forsaken. This is the translation there of the Aramaic 
At the end of verse 46, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, the word forsaken is not a word that we use a whole lot in our English vocabulary. At least today. But we use the word abandoned. We know what that word means. That's the word forsaken. So we've gone from being alone, which, which isn't great, to being abandoned. And what is, when we think about the word abandon or abandonment, it gives us the idea that the hope is gone. There is no more hope. The sky goes dark. Three hours Jesus hangs alone in darkness until he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken? Why have you abandoned me? As you read the other gospel accounts of this scene, you try to pick, piece together when certain things are happening, but it, is, it seems that Jesus feels this abandonment by his Father in the darkness pretty much up until the moment that he dies and breathes his last. He was left for dead. Now, when we watch movies, we usually like to watch movies that end with some kind of hero that comes in and, and saves the day. When all hope is lost, here comes the Savior. Here comes the hero of the story. But the hero never comes for Jesus at the cross. He went to his death alone and forsaken, abandoned, not the way any of us would probably want to go. Again, as we think about this idea of being abandoned, maybe you, at some level, can relate to that. Maybe you've been abandoned at some point in your life by a parent, by a spouse. Jesus can identify, but his abandonment runs much deeper than anything that we can experience here on earth. But he can identify with what you may be going through or have gone through. If we think about it, we look to God for hope when we feel hopeless. When we feel forsaken by this world or other people in our lives, we can always say, hey, there is hope when I look to God. But what if we don't have God to turn to? What if there is no hope there? What if his promise to never leave us or forsake us wasn't there? How hopeless would that be? Really, what we, we have is the feeling of hell. You guys are familiar with that word, right? Hell. We, we think of the flames and the fire and the torment, and, and the Bible describes all of those things for us. But the feeling of hell is the feeling of being abandoned by God forever. God turns his back and never again will he turn around with arms open like a father to a son. You see, no hero comes for Jesus in this story because Jesus is the hero. He's the hero that pays the ultimate price to rescue us. He's abandoned and left behind so that you and I never have to experience this. He went through it so that today we can rest in the promise of God saying, I will never leave you or forsake you. 
Now the darkness here at the cross was the worst of Jesus' suffering because He was alone and He was forsaken. And those two points really highlight what was happening. But why was it happening? And this is our third point. Jesus, in that moment, in the darkness, was bearing our sin and He was bearing God's wrath on sin. Jesus doesn't just go into suffering so, suffering so He can be an example for us. Well, if Jesus could do it, then I can do it. Let me just follow that example. There, there's an element of that, but that's not simply why He goes to the cross. He went through His suffering because there was a problem that needed to be remedied. And this problem is our problem. It's what Jill read about in Romans chapter 3 and verses 21 to 26, which paints a very clear picture that we have all sinned against a holy God. And our sin is deserving of God's punishment. In that passage in Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But yet all who receive the gift of redemption by faith in Jesus are justified. The word justified is a legal term. It's it's showing that the sin we've committed is really like a cosmic legal wrong against a holy creator. And justice needs to be carried out. Who's going to bear the punishment? The punishment must fit the crime. And since God is holy, the punishment for all sin is a cutting off of a relationship from Him. Sin separates. It cuts us off. Now we keep that in mind. Go back to the scene at the cross where Jesus hangs in darkness. And as we understand darkness, it's the absence of light. You can't have them both in the same room. It's either light or it's dark. You can either see or you can't see. When we shut the lights out here in the room, you can still see light filtering in. Or it was on your phone. It's either light or dark. It's the absent, darkness is the absence of life. Light. So think about this spiritually. Throughout Scripture, holiness is described as light. Sin is described as darkness. 1 John 1, 5, God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. So to be with God means to be in the light. To be left in our sin means to be in the darkness. And it's in these three dark hours on the cross that God laid our sin on His Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus took the full punishment of God's justice as God the Father turns His back on the Son. There was a separation that took place. At some level, Jesus was always God, always will be God. But yet in that, in his humanity, was separated from God, the Father. We call this what Jesus went through. Ready for a big theological terminology? The penal substitutionary atonement of Christ. Jesus took the penalty that we deserve by becoming our substitute. And his sacrifice atoned for our sin. 
Romans 3.25 tells us that all this was, plan, was God's plan. He put forth Jesus to be a propitiation or a sat, the satisfying atonement. So Jesus knew what it meant to go to the cross. He wasn't going in blind. He knew exactly what was going to take place. And he knew that the worst suffering he would face wasn't at the hand of the Jews and it wasn't at the, hand of the hands of the Romans. It was at the hand of God the Father. Our sin was deserving of hell and Jesus went through hell for us. And so when we think about the suffering of Jesus, we often think he was beaten He was spit on. We think about the crown of thorns that was placed on his head. We think about the purple robe that was put on him to mock him and the nails driven into his hands and his feet. All horrible physical suffering that ultimately led to his death. However, the worst of his suffering happened in the dark. The eternal son being forsaken by the Eternal Father. Plunged into darkness, separated from the light, abandoned. And those flames, when we talked, I talked about hell, the flames and the torment of hell are real. But the worst part of hell is living forever in spiritual darkness. Separated from any relationship with a God who is light being forsaken and abandoned by God for all of eternity. Friend, Jesus went through the darkness so we don't need to. He took the full wrath of God. And so before us tonight, before you tonight, the question remains, are you in spiritual darkness? Are you separated from the God of light? Have you trusted in what Jesus has done and that what He has done is enough to bring you into relationship once again with God? I don't know your heart this evening, but friend, I would urge you to believe in what Jesus has done. And brothers and sisters, Jesus went through this darkness at the cross for you. He hung alone for you. He hung abandoned for you. He hung with the full weight, as Isaiah 53 describes to us, that God the Father crushed the Son as punishment for our sin. And it's in that moment He cries out these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that you and I can be forgiven. That we could sit here and stand here this evening and sing praises to a God who is holy forever because our sin has been removed and his righteousness has been given to us. He went through the darkness and called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light and he is worthy of our love and our worship.